This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talked to legendary television personality Bill Curtis. Can I guess what people ask you about the most? Anchorman. I knew it. I knew it. You're like this distinguished newsman with a 50-year career of excellence, and people are like, hey, remember that wacky movie that you were in? And I was scared that I had thrown it all. All away. Your appearance on our podcast is ruining <laughs> your right. career. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us. I'm Mark Vernon, uh, Luke Hostable on assignment, and uh, I'm driving solo here today. And uh, thanks so much again for uh, joining me for the ride here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. I wanted to uh, just open the show, as we uh, always do, with just a few uh, miscellaneous ramblings and what's going on in my car world. Uh, I mentioned on the last episode that uh, the current economic conditions in the U.S. have made it uh, possibly a good time to buy either a used or a new car because the prices are apparently coming down. I've been tracking a few different uh, makes and models online lately, and it seems that the uh, the deals maybe aren't quite as great as uh, some of the media is saying, but... Um, I really haven't gotten, as far as a new car goes, I haven't gotten into any kind of negotiations on that. So I don't know how far you could, uh, you know, get a dealer to come down on on the sticker price, although some of the rebates that uh, the manufacturers are offering seem to be uh, pretty attractive. But uh, it's also a good time, too, if you finance, though. There are some good finance deals, a lot of 0% financing, a lot of no payments for 90 days and 0% which is great. I personally don't finance cars. I pay cash. I know that's not necessarily the wisest thing to do from an economic standpoint, but I just uh, like to have that title with my name on it in my hand, and uh, that's just the way I roll. But uh, used cars, uh, they keep saying that there's a glut there and not a lot of people buying used cars at this point either. I think the the major caveat there is if you go to uh, try to trade in a used car on a new car, they're not going to give you that much on the used car value. Although I would think that if people are going to be buying cars to uh, get to and from work or look for work uh, because of the unemployment situation, that they might not have enough money to buy a new car, so maybe they would be buying a used car, and that could actually increase demand. But I'm not an uh, economist, so I really can't say what uh, is going to happen one way or another. But just uh, let it be said that if you're looking for a car, either new or used, it may be a good time to buy a car, Uh, and that's why I'm kind of thinking. I've already decided that I'm uh, done with my 1992 Corvette, my C4 Corvette I purchased a little over a year ago. It's been a fun car. I just wanted to to try it out. It's a little cruder than I thought it would be. Um, I recently had the heater core replaced. Of course, that's not a cheap uh, uh, fix. So I just didn't want to have to dump any more money into it. And of course, I'll be losing money when I sell it. But 
I just want to uh, kind of rid myself of that and buy something else. I'm still lusting after the uh, Maserati Gran Turismo. That's a great car. Uh, it's got that Ferrari-derived V8 in it, uh, six-speed ZF automatic. Uh, it's a great car, and they've uh, actually been coming down in price fairly nicely. I have I was tracking that car about two years ago, right uh, when I bought my Porsche 911, because that was the car I was kind of cross-shopping, and I obviously decided to go with the Porsche, which I'm glad I did, but the Maserati's still been on the radar. And you can get those cars now uh, anywhere from like a, 2008 to maybe a 2012 uh, with low, relatively low mileage, maybe like 30, 35,000 miles on it. Uh, low to mid 30s, maybe even the upper 20s if you look hard enough. So that's a heck of a deal for uh, that kind of car. I'm also getting interested in uh, Dodge uh, Challengers too. There's a lot of those on the road. They've been around for uh, almost 10 years now. Um, a lot of variations. I'm looking at the uh, Scat Pack uh, Challenger, which comes with the uh, 392 Hemi in it, uh, 475 or so uh, naturally aspirated horsepower. And uh, call me a weenie, but as I'm getting older, I, I'm kind of an automatic kind of guy. I know that the, uh, the Scat Pack with the six-speed is a great uh, option, but uh, Chrysler, as, as well as you know, almost every other car manufacturer on earth these days, seems to be using that uh, ZF. Uh, eight-speed automatic, which is a pretty ubiquitous uh, transmission in a lot of cars these days, and it's a great transmission. I've never driven one personally, but it's uh, a great transmission, and that's the automatic that they put in the Challenger. So I'm looking at a, at an automatic scat pack if I can find one, and I'm also uh, very interested in, in picking up a wide-body scat pack, but those are harder to find. The wide-body is a $6,000 option, but it really just makes the car look totally badass. And um, if I can get one of those at the right price, who knows? But that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I wanted to let you in on that, and uh, obviously I'll keep you posted as far as uh, where I go with uh, some of those thoughts. Also, uh, we also like to talk about at the top of the show uh, cars that we've seen on the road or in our daily driving and I've, I've alluded to this before and this will be the last time you'll hear it from me until I'm confirmed that I've actually seen one on the road but I think a few weeks ago I saw a Porsche Taycan uh, it was kind of an electric blue it was coming towards me quickly in the other lane and uh, kind of veering off to the right so I didn't really uh, wasn't able to get a good side view of it but um, it didn't look like a Panamera and there's not any other uh, Porsche sedans out there other than the Taycan. And I know the Taycans are out, um, few and far between right now, but they will be getting more uh, popular on the road. So I think I may have seen a Porsche Taycan, but I, I can't be sure on that. Seen a couple of different uh, rat rods on the road. I also saw, uh, actually uh, yesterday, I saw a... A very nice uh, white, it uh, looked fairly original, it didn't look like it was restored or resto-modded, a nice uh, Willys Jeepster pickup truck. Those are pretty rare, you don't see those. It was probably, I want to say late 50s, early 60s, probably early 60s, but you just don't see those too often, so it was kind of refreshing to see that. A, a Jag XJS convertible, which is a pretty rare car, I believe that would have the V12 in it, although they did make some with the uh, 6 but um, the XJS was always a nice big car, and uh, the convertible versions are, are pretty hard to find. And uh, one of my favorites that I always enjoy seeing on the road, too, is a Carmen Ghia. Uh, we had a Carmen Ghia when I was a kid. I believe it was an early 60s model. If we had that car now, it would be amazing. 
Uh, it was a very, uh, ours was a very light baby blue with a very light gray, almost white to light gray interior. And I know I've talked about this on the program many times before, but it's just one of my fond automotive memories growing up as a kid uh, when my dad got that car. He bought it used uh, in the late 60s. And it had the uh, had an aftermarket chrome uh, megaphone exhaust on it, which was very cool. But that was a neat car. And I saw a blue Carmen Ghia on the road uh, recently, too. So it's always nice, like I said, to see uh, Carmen Ghia's uh, driving around. And, and basically, this one was stock. Sometimes you see them, they're lowered, or they've got bigger mag wheels or whatever on them. But it's always nice to see an older car in as stock condition as possible. Be sure to tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. That's what you're listening to right now. We can check us out on Spotify. All you have to do is go to radiomisfits.com or go to opishows.com. That's O-P-P-I-H shows.com to find us, the Car Guys Report. You can follow us on Twitter at Car Guys Podcast and, of course, our email inbox open 24-7 for your comments, your suggestions, your complaints, uh, anything you want, uh, praise or uh, anything else, please give us your comments. That's what, we, that's what uh, our uh, email is for. CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com is our email address, and certainly appreciate the people that have taken the time to email us uh, with their uh suggestions and their uh, comments certainly enjoy your feedback and that's what we'd like to do uh, is uh, have more dialogue via email with our listeners and i did want to say too that you know we wouldn't be having this podcast if it wasn't for your support as a listener we'd like to thank our our audience uh, not only in the united states uh in north america but our worldwide audience as well and i just wanted to once again say a nice shout out to our fans in Australia. We've got a a nice following down there and certainly appreciate uh, your support in uh, Australia. Uh, So thanks so much for, as I say, taking us along for the ride here on the Car Guys Report. I'm Mark Vernon. Wanted to talk about uh, cars, SUVs, and trucks that retain their most value after five years. This was something I uh, caught online at uh, the source was iccars, S-E-E-cars.com. And, uh, you know, a lot of people worry about depreciation with a vehicle. Uh, It's something I've never worried about because I buy what I like. I don't buy something because I think it's going to hold its value and then I'm going to trade it in five years and, whoa, I got 5% more than the other guy. It, to me, that's a non, uh, non-starter non for me. But for some people, it's important. And it's amazing how much uh, value uh, cars can, um, certain models can uh, can hold after a certain amount of time. And five years is a pretty long time, too. Of course, they always say, like, oh, your car depreciates 50% the minute you drive it off the lot. That's not exactly true. Um, but most of these, this is uh, not in order. I just wanted to kind of run down the list and... Um, see what happened uh, with it. So I just kind of threw a, a various cars from this list uh, that I got online. The best one was uh, the Jeep Wrangler uh, depreciated only 30% after five years. So that's an interesting um, uh, car to have at the top of the list. The uh, Toyota 4Runner, really no surprise, a vehicle that's been around for a long time, really hasn't changed but it's got a dedicated hardcore following. It's still a body-on-frame uh, SUV uh, that uh, depreciated uh, by 37% after five years. A couple more Toyotas on the list. The Toyota Tacoma 
as they uh, is nicknamed the Taco. Uh, that is a pickup truck as well as the larger Toyota Tundra pickup. The uh, Tacoma depreciating 32% and the uh, Tundra depreciating 36% after five years. The Porsche 911, since I own one of those, I'm glad to see this, 37% down after five years. And I'm just trying to do some mental math in my head that if that holds true, because my car was older than five years old when I bought it, it seems like that would be a fairly accurate uh, figure, 37%. Plus that figure, I think, as the cars get older, the Porsche gets older at least, that would uh, hold steady, and then it might even start to climb a little bit. The uh, GMC Sierra pickup truck uh, depreciated 43% after five years. The Honda Ridgeline pickup truck, 38% down. The uh, Nissan GTR, another car that I've uh, been tracking lately online, a 40% um, uh, depreciation rate after five years. And that's a pretty expensive car to begin with. Uh, I think when they first came out, they were 90000 or 100000 Now they're, they're you know, comfortably over 100000 up to maybe 110 or twenty, I believe. Uh, so a 40% reduction in that, because most of the ones I've seen online, I believe they were at least 50 or 60 grand. So that seems to be um, pretty accurate as far as the depreciation rate on that. Another um, Nissan uh, on the list uh, for five-year depreciation, um, the Nissan Frontier. And that kind of surprised me. That's a pickup truck. uh, And it surprised me because it really hasn't been updated in the time that it's been out, and it only depreciates 40%. So that was uh, an interesting one on the list. And the Subaru Impreza, WRX, the performance model of the Impreza, down 40% after uh, five years. And of course, I had to add this on my own, the largest depreciation after five years. Currently, the number one car in that is the Maserati Quattroporta sedan. Uh, That has a depreciation rate of 72%. So that means you could buy that car for uh, $0.28 on the dollar. Uh, which is pretty good because that's a great car, uh, expensive car to begin with. So definitely if you're like me and you go go after those high depreciation cars, uh, mainly they're usually the luxury imports, uh, uh, Jaguars, Bentleys, uh, really any British car depreciates massively. Um, they're good buys and they're solid cars too and they're not going to be a five-year-old uh, Maserati Quattroporte is a, is a great car. And if you could get it for 72 to 75% off its original list price, I think you are doing okay. I'm Mark Vernon flying solo here on the Car Guys Reporter. I should say driving solo on the Car Guys Reporter is uh, Lou Costable is on assignment doing something car related. Uh, we're at the point in the program here where I wanted to uh, talk about cars that I have spotted online, whether they're for sale, uh, just recently sold at auction. Uh, it's always a, a neat thing to uh, track. I mainly use Hemmings.com and bringatrailer.com for these cars that I find. And I want to talk about two of them, and uh, actually they're both coming from uh, Bring a Trailer. Uh, the first one, this would be uh, for my good friend Gordy, who is a, a Volvo fan. He's got uh, three Volvos, actually. He's got two 444s 
a, a 54 and a 56, and he's got a 59 544. That's the car that people think look like a 48 Ford, but about a two-thirds uh, size of that. But the car I'm talking about here is a Volvo 123. And you're like, wait, what? I, you mean a 122? No, I mean a 123. It looks like a 122 sedan, but this was a uh, sportier version. Uh, it was a 1967 Volvo 123 GT. So it's a fairly rare specification. Um, I've seen one or two of these in in um, in the flesh at a Cars and Coffee. Uh, I believe the engine was a little more hotted up, and they might have had a, a couple of different uh, interior treatments. I know the front seats look really cool in these cars. Um, and this one sold. This one needed a little love. Uh, but it sold recently on Bring a Trailer for sixty two hundred and twenty three dollars. So for six grand, a little over six grand, a, a Volvo one twenty three that needs a, some love. It had some rust on it. it said twenty thousand miles showing, but uh, they always have the disclaimer: true mileage unknown um, with that car. But it, it didn't look too bad in the pictures. I don't know uh, how extensive the rust would actually end up being. You know, you can definitely get in over your head if you think, oh, it's just got a little rust and you start poking around and it's just a, you know, a lost cause. But a 123 GT Volvo, if it's uh, in reasonably solid condition, uh, 6200, I think that was well bought. And uh, you could probably have a lot of fun with it, even if you decided really not to uh, to do too much to it. Another car that is surprising, it's actually coming up in value these days, and who would have thunk? Uh, This one is uh, another one from uh, Bring a Trailer. And I actually thought this one was fairly well bought. I have a question mark by it. But uh, because I've seen these cars recently selling as high as 30,000, which is just insane. So what the heck is Vernon talking about here? Which car is he talking about? I'm talking about a 1976 American Motors Pacer. Yes, the Pacer, the one that uh, people would think looks like a either like a rolling aquarium or a rolling gumball machine. Um, the car that had the uh, passenger side door was uh, longer than the driver's side door for easier ingress and egress for the passengers and the rear seat passengers. The Pacer X was the sportier model. Uh, this one had uh, great-looking... Um, chrome slotted mags on it uh white lettered tires it was black with uh black tint on the windows it said it only had seven thousand miles which is amazing because this thing sold for twelve thousand on bring a trailer and like i said i've seen restored pacer x's go as high as 30 grand so if this one truly had only seven thousand miles on it for twelve thousand, it looks pretty good. It had the uh, classic AMC uh, two hundred and fifty six cubic inch inline six. That uh, engine will run forever. Two barrel uh, carburetor, automatic transmission. So it looked cool, and you don't really see too many of these at uh, Cars and Coffee. And when you do, they kind of stand out because it's just an oddball looking car when it came out uh, over forty years ago, and still is kind of a oddball looking car now. But um, it ha- really hasn't aged that badly. And another car that, um, another AMC vehicle that's actually coming up in value too and will probably feature one on the program in the future is uh, the AMC Gremlin, um, that crazy-looking car that uh, was sold back uh, at the same time that the uh, Pacer was for sale. You could get a V8 in the uh, Gremlin, which is pretty cool, and they are actually coming up in, in value too because that's a car that hardly anyone ever hung on to. And I always like the Levi's edition of that with the the blue paint and the denim seats with the buttons on them and stuff. 
That is just so 70s. It's awesome. But anyway, a couple of cars that I wanted to uh, feature as seen on Bring a Trailer. And as I said before, if you're looking to uh, uh, get into a classic car, uh, special interest auto, Bring a Trailer is a great place to start to see what stuff is selling for, see what they have for sale. And Hemmings.com uh, is another great starting point, too, to see what's out there and what people are asking. And just remember, just because someone asks, you know, 30000 for a car, that's what they think it's worth. It doesn't mean it's worth that much. So that's why you have to kind of track the sale prices uh, at a site like Bring a Trailer, or you have to see if there's been a price reduction. Or as I was mentioning on the program last time, a lot of times on Bring a Trailer, when you look at their closed results, if a car did not meet its reserve value, that means, to me at least, that the uh, market has spoken and they think it's only worth you know twenty five and not thirty. So, just some things to keep in mind when you're looking at uh, cars for sale uh, online, as far as the collector, classic, uh, special interest, vintage auto world is concerned. If you like the Car Guys Report, and we certainly hope that you do, be sure to check out some of the other fine programs that are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the show Back to You. That's an Opie show, legendary Chicago TV personalities Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville, two fun guys, uh, talk about life, travel, food, and the long list of what gets under their skin. And boy, they really do talk about a few things that bug them. You never know when one of their many famous pals might stop by as well. The show Back to You. It's an Opie show. You can go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And that's where you'll find us, too. The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon along with you here, uh, driving solo on this episode of the Car Guys Report. I know I've talked about uh, this particular engine in uh, prior shows. I Obviously, I'm a little biased towards Mercedes-Benz. I do not own an AMG, but uh, I do own a Mercedes-Benz, and I think it's an absolutely incredible car. AMG, of course, being the performance division of Mercedes, uh, similar to, uh, you know, the BMW M series or the Quattro Audis, things like that. But AMG is actually building their own cars now, too. They used to just be kind of a, an extension of Mercedes Benz, but it's actually almost like its own mark these days. But it's still obviously, you know, uh, owned and, and controlled, as far as I know, uh, by Mercedes Benz. But this is the engine that is uh, now appearing in the Mercedes-AMG A45 sedan and the CLA45, what they call the coupe, even though it's a four-door, uh, a revisit to the engine that's in there. It's also um, appearing in the AMG GLA45 baby SUV crossover, and the engine is the uh, AMG 2-liter M139. Uh just developed uh, within the last year or so, and the thing is just amazing. It's the world's most powerful turbocharged four-cylinder engine in series production, and in its top uh, form, it is cranking out 416 horsepower out of just four cylinders of two-liter displacement, which is just uh, amazing. Uh, The ones that we're getting here in the States are not quite that powerful, but uh, they're pretty close. And anytime you're exceeding, you know, well, well over, uh, you know, it's 120 cubic inch engine. So <laughs> you're cranking out over three horsepower per cubic inch. It's, it's very, very interesting. One way they um, get that power is they increase the uh, maximum engine speed 
to 7,200 RPM, which is a nice uh, high rev line, and that's uh, pretty high for an uh, inline four-cylinder. Uh, they also have roller bearings on the turbocharger that improves the responsiveness, how quickly the turbo is going to spool up. And I always find it really interesting, too, because a lot of times we just take, you know, our cars for granted. We never really think about, you know, exactly all the mechanical bits and pieces that are rotating and and doing their thing as you drive. And a lot of times, too, when you really think about it, you know, you don't realize how quickly your engine is turning over or, you know, how exactly does your automatic work, all the hydraulics in there and the, and the pressures and the clutch plates and all that stuff. It really is pretty amazing. And on the... Um, turbo for the uh, AMG uh, engine that we're talking about here. Uh, One way they get that horsepower up too is they have a maximum charge pressure of 2.1 bar, which translates to about 30 30 PSI of boost, which is just unbelievable. Obviously, that doesn't happen for a very long period of time because, you know, you can't put 30 PSI of boost in an engine endlessly, but it's enough to uh, get some real scoot going. And the turbocharger has a maximum speed of 169,000 RPMs. And just to put that into perspective, 169,000 revolutions per minute on the turbocharger means that thing is spinning at 2,816 revolutions per second, which is just, this just blows me away that they can actually make something like that. And they've been doing it. I mean, turbocharged cars have been around for a long time. And usually I always thought turbos spin at about 100, 120, something like that, 1,000 RPMs. But still, I mean, 2,816 revolutions per second, the uh, turbo spins in uh, this car. It's also got an all-aluminum crankcase, which is uh, made by High Tech Method. It's called a chill cast unit, which excels with outstanding material properties. In this process, the molten aluminum is poured into a metallic mold, not a sand mold, but a metallic mold, and uh, that uh, offers good thermal conductivity, and the water-cooled mold allows rapid cooling and solidification of the melt, and the result is a fine-grained, dense structure that guarantees very high strength. Complex interior geometries can also be realized with the help of enclosed sand cores. So, uh, you know, just another uh, very uh, cool high-tech way that they're... um, doing every little thing they can to eke out every last bit of performance. Uh, Turbocharging and direct injection with a spray-guided combustion process not only allows for a higher power yield, but also improves thermodynamic efficiency, which uh, reduces, there you go, fuel consumption and exhaust emissions. And for the first time, this uh, AMG four-cylinder has a two-stage fuel injection. In the first stage, the particularly fast and precisely operating Piezo injectors supply fuel to the combustion chambers at a pressure up to 200 bar. And that's another one. Do the, do the math there, as they say. And uh, 200 bar is very high pressure. Uh, multiple process at times. It's controlled, of course, by the engine management system as required. In the second stage of the two-stage fuel injection, there's an additional intake manifold injection using solenoid valves. And this is needed to achieve the engine's high specific output. Um, also, a sophisticated cooling system on the AMG uh, four-cylinder. An additional radiator in the wheel arch supplements the large unit in front of the main module. A low-temperature circuit is also used for air-water intercooling. And together with the intercooler connected in series, a high-performance electric water pump assists the coolant throw through the 
flow through the radiators, and this provides for ideal cooling of the highly compressed charge air, therefore contributing towards optimal engine performance. Of course, uh, transmission oil is cooled as well. Um, and then here's why uh, you're seeing more electric water pumps on cars these days. The demand-controlled electric high-performance water pump operates independently of engine speed. Late activation during warm-up means that the engine block warms up more rapidly with a positive effect on friction, consumption, and emissions. The pump can also be switched on or off as required when driving under less power or at low engine speeds. And further, the electric water pump ensures the full engine output and optimum heat dissipation over the entire engine speed range. So uh, just some of the things that uh, Mercedes and AMG have uh, engineered into this um, new uh, engine, the uh, M139. And uh, just some of the specs, it's got a 9 to 1 compression ratio. Bore and stroke is, uh, the bore is 83 millimeters, stroke is 92, so it's a little longer stroke than the, than the bore. Output 416 horsepower uh, from the S model at 6,750 RPMs, 382 in the base version. Uh, peak torque is 369 between 5,000 and 5,250 RPMs. One twin scroll turbocharger with roller bearing compressor and turbine wheels, maximum charge pressure, 2.1 bar, as we mentioned, and that is in the S model. So, um, and the engine weight, too. This thing weighs 354 pounds, just about 353.8. But just wanted to uh, talk about some of the cool stuff that uh, AMG is bringing out. And like I said, this engine is available now in various uh, AMG A-Class models. So if you're interested, at least take one for a test drive. I think that would be a lot of fun. Make sure you keep listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive uh, on OPI shows. Unlike those other podcasts, our OPI shows have been sanitized each and every time for your safety and enjoyment. Keep listening to opishows.com and help save the world and be sure to wash your hands, too, at the same time. We're here on the weekend here at the uh, Car Guys Report warehouse, and it looks like uh, we've got a, a late uh, delivery here. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back after this. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, the very special guest, Dwayne Kennedy, stand-up comedian, Emmy Award winner. You yeah. renamed the show, didn't you? Yeah, the Ramble Brothers. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an OPI show. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Hey, and friends here, and I think you should listen to us. Why is that? Well, personally, I like dragging us down rabbit holes that have little to do with the conversation at hand. Yeah, you do that all the time. I think you're a professional at it. I'd like to be. I think that's my ideal job. Just to be the tangent man. How do you guys feel about peeing on a bus? <laughs> All that on And Friends, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon driving solo, Luke Hostable on assignment. Wanted to uh, cover uh, one more topic on this episode. Always like to just pick and choose uh, various uh, information and stories that I would hope people find um, interesting. 
and uh, informative and maybe with a little bit of uh, humor and or um, hmm factor to it sometimes as well. But this comes from a year in review from Car and Driver earlier this year uh, of all the cars that they tested the best and worst performers. There's a there's some interesting uh, surprises that the one that really kind of stuck out for me was the worst um, 30 to 50 mile an hour passing time. That's like when you're driving at 30 and you want to like get around somebody and go up, accelerate up to 50 miles an hour. A lot of cars are doing it incredibly quickly. The uh, new uh, C8 Corvette will do a 30 to 50 um, acceleration pass in 1.9 seconds. And the slowest one that at least car and driver tested was the 2019 Volkswagen Golf SE, a whopping 34.6 seconds. <laughs> Boy, you could uh, make some popcorn and go to sleep in that time, just amazingly slow. I'm, I'm not sure why this uh, Golf uh, SE was so slow in passing times, but again, in the 50 to 70 mile uh, passing, it, it it marked the worst time as well, 15.6 seconds from 50 to 70, whereas the 2019 McLaren Senna did the same 50 to 70 uh, pass in 2.1 seconds. Uh, the McLaren Senna uh, shows up quick as 0 to 60 time uh, at 2.7 seconds, and also the rolling start, as they say, 5 to 60 miles an hour, the McLaren Senna, 3.1 seconds. The Nissan Versa was the slowest accelerating uh, model that car and driver tested in 2019. The uh, 2020 Nissan Versa SR did 0 to 60 in 10.4 seconds and a rolling 50 to 5 to 60 mile an hour start at 10.3, which is interesting that it actually went down a tenth of a second for a rolling start. And, you know, it's not really that long ago, maybe 30 years ago, when a 0 to 60 of 10 seconds was not really that bad. You know, you were seeing maybe 0 to 60 good times in, you know, the mid-7s, low-7s, and 10 seconds was actually still acceptable. And here it's the worst now, 30, uh, you know, going back 35 years later, forward 35 years later, that's where we are. Shows you how um, car... Um, technology has advanced. Also, tire technology, brake technology, and a lot of things like that. Speaking of braking, the McLaren Senna, again, comes out uh, 70 to uh, 0 miles an hour at 136 feet. The longest braking time was the 2020 Ram 1500 Rebel Echo Diesel 4x4. That's a big rockin' pickup truck. Weighs a ton, uh, 208 feet from 70 to 0 miles an hour. We see the uh, McLaren Senna again on the list. This time it's on the worst side. Uh, that would be the sound level at a 70-mile-an-hour cruise, the McLaren Senna clocking in at 83 decibels at 70, whereas the uh, well-reviewed, very well-reviewed Kia Telluride SUV clocked in at a, a tranquil 63 decibels, which is uh, pretty pretty good, especially considering that's not a super expensive luxury uh, SUV, and it's been getting fantastic reviews. Uh, road uh, holding uh, skid pad performance, the 2019 Ford Mustang GT PPL2 uh, went around the skid pad at 1.13 Gs, which is very good. The 2019 Ram 1500 Rebel 4x4 uh, was the uh, worst uh, in road holding at a .68 around the uh, skid pad. And uh, the observed fuel economy, 
this is cheating a little bit because they're putting a uh, an electric vehicle at the top, and that's that uh, MPGE figure, which I'm not exactly sure how they, they figure. It's the equivalent of miles per gallon, but they're saying that the Hyundai Kona Electric, which clocked in at 112 MPGE, was the best that car and driver saw in uh, 2019, and the worst was the 2019 Jaguar XE SV Project 8. That's a uh, high-performance, very limited edition um, car that they made. Uh, No surprise here, 11 miles a gallon for that. And this is interesting, too. Just a little bit of fun here. Um, It says, some data from an outside source. UK license plate supplier Click4Reg asked 2,000 drivers whether they would date people who drove cars sold by various manufacturers and uh, something to keep in mind when updating your Tinder profile. Here you go. If you want a Volkswagen, you're in luck. 93% of the people polled would date a Volkswagen owner. So even though you're going to be passing very slowly in your Volkswagen, 93% would uh, go out with you. If you have a Toyota, who knew a Camry driver could get some action? 85% of people polled would date a Toyota owner. And only 45% of the people would date a Dodge owner. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, Lou's got a Dodge Viper, and, well, he's married, so he doesn't have to worry about dating, and I've got a girlfriend, so I'm fine. But 45% of the people polled said that uh, they would uh, date a Dodge owner. So a lot less. That's that Toyota figure at 85% uh, really, really surprised me. But just wanted to take a look back at the best and worst of 2019 here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. When you're listening to the Car Guys Report, no matter where you're finding it, whether it's on opishows.com, radiomisfits.com, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google, Stitcher Play, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, all those platforms you can find us on. It's listening on your own terms, whether you're listening on your uh, tablet, your laptop, your phone, your desktop, in your car, in the park, wherever. We are there for you. It's listening on your own terms. You can fast forward, rewind, replay, delete, go back and re-listen. It's what podcasting is all about. And when you're listening to the Car Guys Report, you can subscribe to us as well. You get an automatic push notification, which uh, will tell you when new content is available, which is once a week. And also, too, you can take a time, take some time to uh, give us a, a rating, too, on Apple Podcasts. We've got some nice five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and certainly would appreciate your kind words there, too. So if you have a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Certainly would appreciate that. And the best thing about the uh, any podcast you get on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network is that it is totally free. Yes, that is right. We are totally free. Check us out, The Car Guys Report, on radiomisfits.com. That's what you are listening to uh, right now, The Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, Lou Costable is on assignment and wanted to take a minute or two here to talk about um, Lou's popular YouTube channel. He's been running it now for over five years called My Car Story with Lou, where Lou profiles uh, cars and owners of some very, very neat cars. He's got a, quite a selection, over 1,500 videos, over 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. If there's a car that you've been interested in from the classics to the present uh, and you want to see what the car looks like, hear what the owner has to say, uh, hear the car run, maybe have Lou go for a drive in it, that's what the uh, his uh, channel is all about. And uh, when Lou is back here in the studio, we'll once again resume the 
My Car Story with Lou guessing game, where Lou will give me three of the videos that he featured on his uh, site, and I have to try to guess which one had the most views. And sometimes I uh, get them all right, sometimes I get them all wrong. You just never know. It's always an interesting and fun time when we play the guessing game. That'll be back in a couple of episodes. Don't worry about that, but in the meantime, go ahead and check it out on YouTube. That's called My Car Story with Lou. Lou Costable's popular LouTube. That's what we like to call it sometimes, the LouTube channel on uh, YouTube. And of course, uh, Lou Costable, the uh, co-host here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Coming up on the next two episodes, yes, I said the next two episodes of the Car Guys Report, we're going to revisit the Car Guys Report special two-part Corvette C8 episode because uh, I know that uh, C8 production was paused uh, because of the uh, lockdown and it had recently restarted, and I think people were getting antsy because their C8s that they ordered weren't uh, delivered yet. So I just wanted to revisit our special two-part C8 episode for the next two weeks. It'll be a C8 replay of parts one and two of our C8 special episode. That's with me, Lou Costable, and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad. And it's only on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have had you with us today. I'm Mark Vernon. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo, spelled backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, and that would be radiomisfits.com. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Wait a second, that guy got a loan? Water pistol baptism. Balds in the news. My brush with a comedy legend. And a segment from our interview with legendary broadcaster Bill Curtis. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast and OPI Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's a replay as we talk all about the new Chevy Corvette C8, as only the Car Guys Report can do. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me, Lou Costable, and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, as we revisit part one of this very special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.